Playhouse, a venue appropriately called the Theatre. Some 21 years earlier, James Burbage had the idea that a playhouse, an actual building, would be popular with the public, who until then had watched plays performed in the courtyards of inns or municipal buildings. He leased a small piece of land, here in Shoreditch, just outside the square mile of the City of London, to avoid its rules and taxes. And now the lease is up. Despite discussions, protests and threats of legal action, the landlord will not renew the lease. And so, under the cover of darkness, a group of actors and theatre workers have joined Burbage's sons. And while the landlord is away for Christmas, they are dismantling the wooden structure piece by piece to re-erect it on a new site, to create a new theatre, the Globe. The new venue will be part-owned by William Shakespeare, and its very first performance in the summer of 1599 will be Henry V. Now, this rise from jobbing writer, actor to entrepreneur of the theatre not only gives Shakespeare financial stability and status, but allows him more freedom to create. And over the next few years, he will write a series of masterworks. Hamlet, King Lear, Othello, Twelfth Night and Macbeth. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me tell you more about Shakespeare and the time in which he lived. William Shakespeare was born in 1564 in Stratford, Warwickshire. That we know, though much of his early life is shrouded in mystery, as record-keeping was pretty hit and miss back then. Over the years, the large gaps in Shakespeare's life story have led to much speculation, even suggestions that he may not have written all the plays credited to his name. This theorising has particularly come about because there are no records to show that he attended school, let alone university. What we do know is that at the age of 18, he married Anne Hathaway, a woman some years older than him, and they had three children. A daughter, Susanna, who was born to them six months after a hastily arranged marriage, and then twins, a boy, Hamlet, and a girl, Judith. Then, sometime around 1587, when he was about 23, he travelled to London and entered the life of the theatre. We don't know whether his wife objected or encouraged, if he went with the express intention of writing for the theatre, or whether he just needed to get away from Stratford. Rumour has it that he fled Warwickshire because he was wanted for poaching on a local nobleman's land. There is also the suggestion that on leaving Stratford, he joined a travelling troupe of players he met quite by accident and replaced a young actor killed in a duel. But there's little evidence to support the story. Whatever happened, Shakespeare found himself in London, away from his family, and he looked to the theatre for work. So, why the theatre? Well, as I said, there's no record of Shakespeare having had any formal education, and his father, John Shakespeare, even though he was mayor of Stratford, was illiterate, but so were many people in those days, even men with some power and position. As town alderman and mayor, John Shakespeare would have been responsible for granting licences to touring theatre companies. To qualify for a licence, these troops would perform for the council. And it's likely that young Will would have been invited to see these shows, as many as six performances before he was ten years old. This could have been the spark that ignited his imagination, that led him to follow his dreams and leave Stratford 
which may well have seemed too small, too dull, and too provincial for the young Shakespeare. Come over the bone, Bessie. Come over the bone, Bessie. That within the body of a weak and feeble woman lies the heart and stomach of a king, and a king of England too. Before all over that ever I see. Elizabeth I came to the throne in 1558. English society was very different then. It had a pyramid-shaped structure with masses of peasants at the bottom, then labourers and workers, then merchants, then professionals and the gentry, moving up through nobles and minor royals to the monarch at the very top, a figure chosen by God to be his representative on earth. This notion was called the divine...